Hi, I'm Marie Jenkins and this is my podcast, The Secret Diary of Marie Jenkins 47+. In this Art Education Week episode in May, we have Gary Watkins from Q6IT talking about his career in education and how they, his business Q6IT supports education settings. So hi everybody, welcome to our podcast, The Secret Diary of Marie Jenkins 47+. And today we've got the fantastic Gary Watkins. Hiya Gary, how are you? Fantastic Gary Watkins, oh I'm blushing. I'm very well indeed, I'm enjoying our uh, our sunshine we have today. It's fantastic isn't it? Let, let's hope this is the start of our extended summer. May long it continue. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got a lot to get through today. I'm, I've had a number of conversations with you about what you do. And there's so many different areas of IT that you can help businesses with. Um, so tell me a bit more about who you are and what is your business? So uh, I'm the managing director of a company called Q6IT. Uh, we're a what's called a managed service provider. And it's just a very glamorous way of saying that we, we do IT. Uh, we predominantly do B2B. We look after companies' IT right from cloud services. So things like email, websites, backups, all that sort of stuff. And we remotely manage their systems. So in essence, we become their if you like, internal IT department. So if they get problems, they call us up, they want a solution, they call us up, they want backup, they call us up, they want hardware, they can call us up, uh, they want training, they can call us up. So pretty much an all-encompassing your own in-house IT department, but obviously external. Ah, okay. So I, I remember when we spoke before, um, you said that you Q6IT of worked a lot within sort of education sector but I also know you had a career previously within education is that right? This is true yeah um, we I mean we we deal with business and education but my background is education I spent I think worked out earlier 17 years in education I guess my my IT career started when I was relatively young, but my first proper job in IT was working for Kidderminster College on what was called the Computer Coach, which was a fantastic experience in that we, we fitted out a coach with IT equipment and an interactive whiteboard. And then we travel around to the community halls and we would spend an hour or two at each community, getting people on, training them up, be it schools, be it uh, you know pensioners or housewives and things like that. Get them on the coach, get them in front of their laptops. We do some training and then we pack it all up and we go on to the next village hall. So that's where it's kind of started for me really. And that was, and that was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, then I moved on from there to uh, a secondary school called Wolverley High School as it was at the time. It's now called Wolverley Church of England Secondary School who are one of our clients, which is, which is fantastic. And I was the network manager there, spent six years fixing all their problems moved on to uh, an academy in in Great Bar. So it was at high school, Dartmouth High School as it was then, and it was uh, migrating into Q3 Academy. So we had a massive 30 million pound brand new building. Wow. Two million of that was IT. And they said, Gary, 
come and do our IT for us, which is a fantastic experience to bring the team on to, to you know, to train up the, the, the team and have what was really cutting edge technology in a brand new building was amazing. We did that. Then I moved on. I went back to Kidderminster College again. Uh, yeah. you know, we fixed all their problems, got their team up, up and running. And then um, some things happened around uh, them getting taken over or join, merged with another college group. And uh, I decided to move on and uh, did a few other things, but then decided to uh, start up Q6 IT. And in the last four years, it's just gone from strength to strength, you know. So, yeah, it's good. Really good. Fantastic. So you've got real sort of insight as to how schools and colleges and things use their IT, IT equipment then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I became a governor at two schools as well. My children's primary school, I was a governor there and I was a governor at Q3 um, Academy as well. So you get to see sort of from from both sides, you know, on, right, right at the coal face, if you like seeing how this, uh, how IT or how technology is being used and maybe what it can be used for and see people trying it and going, well, that's not quite working. Let's tweak it. Let's improve it. Yeah, that's not working so well. And seeing that side of it, but also seeing the other side of it, which is not always the bit that people see as, as a governor or as part of the SMT team to say, actually, you know, what are the financial restrictions? What are the time restrictions? What realistically can we do here that has a, the best chance of working? And sometimes it's nice, and Q3 Academy were fantastic for this. They would really stop and go, that's really kind of left of center. Let's go and try something a, a bit different because yeah. they were fortunate they had the finances at the time to be able to do that. So to see some real innovation coming through uh, was, was very, very good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and I can imagine you know, it's changing all the time now, even more so than ever before. And this is certainly one of the challenges. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of respect for the IT teams in schools because, you know, they don't have a lot of resources. They've, it, it, you know, if anybody's starting out in IT, it's a great place to start because yeah. there's so much technology in there and you've got to look after so much of it. You can't outsource um a lot of things because of financial restraints and things like that so you've really got to get your head down and figure these things out but the speed of change not only for the it team but for the staff as well you know yes. that's certainly something that we need to consider that you know the, the traditionally a, a teacher would create their lesson plan and that lesson plan would stick for you know at least 12 months they'd probably get away three four five years with that letter that lesson plan but with the event of technology and a, and a push towards sort of cloud learning and things like that, they've got to learn the technology. They've got to be entertaining. They've got to translate, if you like, their, their, their paperwork, their paper uh, lesson plan into something digital that is entertaining. Yeah. So they've yeah. got to be entertainers. They've got to be educators and they've got to be techie type people as well as well as all the other restraints that things like Ofsted and things like that bring along to them. Um, and with it changing so quickly, they really do have their hands full. Yeah, the, the schools are going through huge transformation. I think as a result of lockdown and how it impacted on schools, we've all got a greater sort of appreciation, if you like, for teachers. But I think, you know, we just need to be a bit more patient with that innovation timescale because 
a lot of them will have to retrain and that's a fantastic opportunity isn't it but uh, yeah it's it's interesting times interesting times but i, I want to take you back um <laughs> so many years ago when you was at school when you were a lad what was your experience like um oh crikey I, yeah this is I was bullied at school is the honest answer certainly a, a you know a primary school I wasn't um I wasn't what you might call a bright student is is the is the honest answer I certainly remember when we had in primary school the first BBC microcomputer just the one in the hallway on a little trolley they roll <laughs> in and out and I just wanted to be stuck in front of that thing that just give me that and then um yeah, so my, my experience of primary school wasn't great. Went up to secondary school, um, more computers, so I was a little bit happier. Got on with most people uh, and things, and it was it was okay. It was okay. I, admittedly, I got into what was then the sort of fourth and fifth year. I don't know what grade that is now, to be honest. And <laughs> I was fortunate enough, you know, to to then sort of realized where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do things I became you know head boy at the time and head of the chess team and just wow. sort of started to sort of grow and things like that as well but certainly yeah more and more computers um yeah it was great so I I, I enjoyed the last few years at school was the honest answer yeah um yeah I did yeah it's good it was good yeah it's, it sounds like IT and tech has always been in your blood then. Has <laughs> that, does that come from a family history of tech or? No, not really. My dad was a butcher. My mum was a butcher, so completely not. <laughs> um, I, I think it was, it came from a love of, of you know, we're, we're talking early eighties here, of course. Um, yeah. And, you know, having cassette decks come in, I was taking these things apart. I'm not yeah. very good at putting them back together to be honest, but I'm like, how does this work? How does this work? What is that technology? This that, yeah. So having that fascination with new stuff that was happening and, and wanting to know how it worked. And, and I went from school and did electronics at college. Uh, so that, that followed right through. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Problem so, solving. That's what it is. Yeah. I was going to say, and it, it's having that sort of inquisitive mind, isn't it? To find out how things work and, it's it's something that I think, you know, in schools now, children are being encouraged to sort of ask more questions about how things work. And, you know, there's a big push on engineering and STEM careers for pupils and things. Now, how, do, how can you see the whole future of IT sitting in schools? Can you see that things are changing? Because I know a lot of people are moving towards sort of cloud-based solutions and that type of thing. What What's your view on how things are going to evolve? Well, COVID has certainly um, escalated the whole online learning thing. I certainly know. I mean, you know, when I first got into education, it was a thing then. But there was a, a certain amount of resistance to it. Um, you know, the technology hadn't fully evolved then. Uh, and it's still evolving now, of course. Uh, the resources weren't out there uh, in the same way. The teachers were literally having to create the resources themselves. Well, now you can buy into these resources yeah. and almost already kind of made for you and things like that. But now with COVID and, and you know, the restrictions that have been put in place, I think it's, it's forced people 
to start using it more yeah. and maybe become more comfortable with it. Because I certainly know um, from being at the coalface, if you like, there, there, there is a resistance to it because, you know, in, in the main, teachers love being you know, sat up in front of the class, teaching the class, seeing the interaction from the students. Yeah, I'm getting that right. I'm not getting that right. To suddenly yeah. not getting that sort of same feedback is quite a challenge for them. Um, but I think COVID, has, 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 as I said, made people do it. And they've gone, actually, this is okay. Seeing how these things can work now. Uh, you know, the online learning, the way that even the school is developed, where they're looking at going away from desktop computers and going, students, here's a laptop. Okay. This is your, bring it with you every day. You know, we plug it into the Wi-Fi or whatever. We can take it home. So it's always, always with them. So they're always learning and we're learning about, you know, attention spans, the attention span of children has got a lot smaller these days as well. So how can we either cram that sort of, uh, you know, that normal hour long lesson into well, a, a much shorter period of time, <laughs> yeah. but bearing in mind that the children are in front of their computers for longer as well. How do we keep them entertained and educated? using technology i think there's a slight risk in technology for technology's sake and i think okay. we have to be very very aware of that you know there's a new technology let's use it and i've certainly been involved in some of that you know certain teachers wanted ipads great let's get ipads they got the ipads in they're going to go and what do we do with these now? <laughs> you know? um, so we have to be careful of things like that as well. And certainly with my children, uh, my, my youngest daughter left school last year. Uh, she's now on a college course and she's spending a lot of time in front of the computer. And it's almost too much where maybe we start getting headaches and we're not moving in the same way. So we need to be very conscious of what's happening with that as well. But certainly... Uh, that teacher's role of being the, the entertainer and educator remotely. And this probably isn't going to be the last time we're going to see this sort of pandemic. So we need to prepare ourselves for that. Yeah. Uh, and the technologies are coming along now to make this a lot easier, for, certainly for internal departments, where, if I give you an example, um, uh, there's, there's been a school, I think they had 850 laptops. Now, what would happen there to configure those laptops? They've got a team of IT people that go, right, we need to sit in front of each one of these yeah. and configure them. That would take a huge amount of time where you've got something, um, some Microsoft now called Autopilot, where basically the laptop gets sent straight to the students uh, as a brand new laptop. They open it up and then it configures itself straight away without any intervention from the IT department or hands-on intervention from the IT department. So we're speeding the process along for things like that and making it a lot more convenient for IT. Wow, okay. So is, is that the type of thing that you do with schools, is, is helping them with this whole how they set up their IT systems or review and refine them? Yeah, absolutely. We, well, what we like to see ourselves as is, is more, no, yeah, we, we're not trying to take over their, their IT department. You know, they're on the ground, they're doing the work. Um, training is an issue for them because A, releasing them, teachers as well, but IT staff as well, releasing them from their day-to-day -day job and you know, training them up, it's quite an expensive thing and time-consuming thing. So we say, well, tell you what, let's be your second or third line support. If you've got a question, give us a shout. 
you know, we can, if it's something we can help out with or something we can advise with, or we can see other schools have already got it, yeah. you know, or doing something best practice, we can help them with that as well, as well as licensing. Um, you know, we're, we're SOFOS Silver Partners. So SOFOS Antivirus, very, very popular in schools, arguably the best antivirus solution that's out there. Um, Impero Licensing, which is a classroom management software uh, for um, you know, a teacher to manage a classroom remotely now, of course, you know, so they can yeah, see what they're yeah. doing, making sure that the students' welfare and well-being is all taken care of within the software as well. So we provide the licensing for that also. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, I mean, this is all, all fairly new to me. I mean, I, I, in April, we um, interviewed a guy called Anthony Adams, who runs, well, has a platform called Careers Calendar. And that's specifically set up for schools to help them with their online provision and things. And he sort of said to me that potentially their business is five years early. You know, and, and you know, it's, it's an evolving feast, all of this new technology, but it is fascinating because ultimately the pupils that are there, this is what they're going to be using out in industry. So it's, it's really good that it's getting integrated at this point, I think. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting times in education. It's very interesting. I mean, to be fair, education is always interesting. I said, I haven't been in it for 17 years. It is always evolving. There's always something. There's the politics side of it, and then there's the financial side of it. But you know, but, you know being being on the ground and actually doing it, um, I've got a lot of respect for, for for schools and and staff. Not only teaching staff. I mean, I was it, it was always an issue, and it's got much better. But assistant, you know, teaching assistants and the admin staff as well. They do a lot of work in the background, supporting teachers. Uh, and things like that as well so the, the you know the whole community of education is absolutely fantastic yeah i i'd agree with that i mean teaching assistants are just they're just so valuable especially for children with sort of special education needs as well aren't there and you know with well-being such such a hot topic at the moment some pupils may struggle with their own mental health and things at the moment so you know those teaching assistants or the senkos or whatever they're, they're really coming into their own at the moment during this pandemic so yeah i think we've all learned to appreciate what a fabulous job that they do so let's talk a bit more about the it side of things so what's been the most rewarding can you recall a time that's been most rewarding for you yeah i mean certainly um going beyond my normal job as a as a network manager or a head of IT, you know, getting involved as a governor, you know, seeing those sort of things. But I think probably the most rewarding, interestingly, was um, when we're at Q3 Academy, the the support staff were asked to get involved with the students more. So we'd have, I forget what it's called now, but we'd have an hour in the morning where we where, we, where as admin staff, we take a group of 12 students, for example, and teach them in, in our subject or a subject that we wanted to. 
Um, so I've got a background in, in coaching, in life coaching and things like that. So I take these, this group of, of 12 students to one side for an hour, once a week, and we get them involved and we get them doing stuff and maybe changing the way that they think and how to ask questions properly and things like that. And to see, and I can see where teachers are coming from, you know, to see these little sparks go off in these <laughs> students' heads, you know, they go, ching, got that, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. I've not done that. And I'm, and create that. That I love that. Yeah, I really do. You know, and although it makes you feel old when these when these when these 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 children come up to you in the street and go, Oh, there's sir. Oh, I remember so and so, sir. That's, that's a real ego trip, you know, and, and, and it's a nice buzz, and you just hope that they've done something with it and you've done your bit. Um so yeah, so 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 that was good. Uh I think probably one of the best things I did was the Q3 Academy build. Uh, you know, that was that was a, a big turning point for me with regards to you know career and really being there at the found at the, the, the very beginning the foundations of the new school yeah build it where you want it and you know was 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 very good yeah yeah that that is so rewarding like you said it you know getting those light bulb moments from those kids or seeing their spark of sort of interest and sort of what inspires them you can understand why so many people are moving into that sort of career in in working with children more because it and it can be it can be very challenging it can be very emotional as well um i i certainly know um at one of the schools i, I was at where you know we, we'd have a student come in and we'd ask you know i'd ask them be you know i'd ask be asked to mentor a student yeah and that was nice and, it, and this lad came, came to me that had you know anger issues and was swearing a lot but actually you know when you speak to him he's very good at poetry and things like that and he, he, he liked that sort of thing and then we set up uh what was called uh, it wasn't a mars maintenance and repair skills it was outside task so what they would do was going away from it slightly but we'd set up um a little garden for them you know, so they said yeah. very hands on They you know, you, you could see that in the classroom, that wasn't his thing to be in the classroom, but to be outside building a wall and doing some gardening and helping out with the animals, click this, this lad yeah. just suddenly changed. And yeah. to see that as well is also very rewarding. So to be able to identify what gets these kids going and actually what doesn't work for them is really important. That's a really good point, isn't it? Because children have different learning styles don't they and it goes back to like you were saying about teachers having to be entertainers and things like that for the online material and and it's finding different ways to get their learning styles so that that can embed the learning but yeah it's uh, it's, it's an interesting one an interesting one and when you've got a class of 30 students yeah. where you've got potentially what was it three five different types of, of of learning styles that that is a particular challenge yeah yeah, really. yeah yeah I can imagine I can imagine and that's why like you said about the gardening side of things and going out and doing hands-on work that's just as valuable in today's society especially for sort of you know understanding where your food comes from growing your own there's lots of that and that around now so I think you know, it's good if we can get that balance right between, like you said, not technology for technology's sake, but finding that balance between technology that helps us and improves our lives as well as the hands-on stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Tell me a bit more about who inspires you, Gary. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it's going to sound corny. I, a lot of things inspire me. You know, when, you, when you do stop and you do listen to what's going on and what people are saying, you know, you take all these, these little bits. Um, it, it'd be very difficult to pin it down to one person. I mean, if I look at my life coaching as a, as a big American life coach called Tony Robbins, and I've always been very inspired by, by that guy, a, a genius in the whole sort of psychology of how we work and the be getting the best out of people and ourselves. If I look in education, um, it was probably uh, a guy called Tim Mason. He'll probably hate me saying this, but he was the, <laughs> uh, he was the vice principal at Kidderminster College, and he really challenged me to the next degree because so i consider myself a fairly forward thinker and and, and um a, a resolution thinker in that i can see a bit like chess you look three four sort of moves ahead yeah. well he would push me to seven eight moves ahead and he'd really make me think okay what's the budget what do we use this where do we use this how can we use it what's the logistics around this and he'd really kind of push me and his love of education and, and bear in mind he's not a teacher um, oh, okay. yeah his, his love of education and how people are wanting to help in his community he did some amazing things for Kidderminster College he, he's retired now but uh, I it he challenged me sometimes I hated it but <laughs> you look back at it and you go thank you thank you <laughs> yeah so to be challenged you know to, to to do things and get them wrong and to either put them right or learn from it you yeah. know, yeah, that is that is absolutely great. I think a lot of children miss out on that, to be quite honest with you. I think, you know, we need to be teaching these kids how to fail forward. Um, and and I've, I've seen I've seen more of that, to be fair, recently. So yeah. with my kids, just having come through school. Um, uh, and I think Wolverley High School is a fantastic school. I mean, I, I, yes, I work there, but to see the work there they're doing now is absolutely awesome. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Fantastic. So you've got lots of talents, Gary. So you you run IT, you you a life coach, and I'm just thinking back to what we were just saying about the balance between tech and sort of hands on stuff. You also train dogs, am I right? <laughs> it's a it's a little side passion of of ours. Yeah, we've we've got working dogs, so we train. But it, you know, it's um. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the challenges of being in IT, and we were saying this earlier about, you know, children being in front of the computers for so long, you know, I'm in front of this computer for too, too many hours in a day, to be honest with you. So to get out with my dogs and do something that's out in the country a bit as well, and understanding how dogs work and, and understanding how people train their dogs and helping them train them dogs, their dogs, it's, it's the same sort of thing, you know, how do I get enjoyment from it and asking good quality questions. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they they all interlink. It's it's all part of uh, this 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 life journey that we're on, isn't it? Yeah, and so many people have had dogs through lockdown, and uh, they say, you know, I mean, I can completely testament to the fact that my my Springer Spaniel, he just brings me joy every time I look at him, and it's it's a massive positive for people's well being. So, do you run training courses for new dog owners? I'm just wondering how it works. Yeah, it's our little weekend thing we do, or every other weekend, um, and 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 at this time of year we'll do one evening a week. 
where we get people to come along with their Springer Spaniels. It's predominantly working dogs. So, yeah. you know, Labradors, flat coats, uh, HPRs. We, we're, we're big Spaniel people. We've got seven coppers uh, <laughs> and spaniels whatever here. Um, because they're such a fantastic breed. When you, when you look at a dog and you want a dog to be an example to be a human, I think a cock or a spring is a great example because they're, they're loads of love, loads of fun. They work hard when they need to. They love life. What a great example. Yeah. So, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do some weekend courses um, for various people that want to work their dog or maybe don't want to work their dog, but they want to play to the dog's instinct because you, you might have a working dog. Let's say you've got a cocker spaniel. That dog, to, in some respects, needs to work. It might not be on birds or on on, yeah. on rabbits, but it might be on a dummy or something like that. There's one making a... <laughs> As if we prompted it. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's just a passion. That's just a, a you know, a passion that, 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 that we love doing, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, as a Springer Spaniel owner, I completely agree with everything you said. I might be a little bit biased, but yeah, I completely understand. Gary, it's been fantastic to speak to you today. Just out of interest, if people want to find Q6IT, what do they do? How do they get in touch with you? Sure, all the normal places. Uh, we're on Twitter, we are on Facebook, we are on LinkedIn. Our website is uh, www.q6it.co.uk. That's the letter Q and the number six, it.co.uk. Or you can email me, Gary at q6it.co.uk. The telephone number's there. And uh, yeah, we'd we, we love to hear from people. If it's just a chat and you want us to help out, great. Or if, if we can, even better, we can get involved with what you're doing. Um, yeah we're here to help simple as that fantastic and i i heard some really lovely things about you um from alan c clark recently oh, bless it. where he yeah. said uh you was helping him set up his his whole tech uh set up at home because of obviously working in covid so it's really nice when you get those word of mouth recommendations so fantastic it's been an absolute pleasure gary I know that you and your wife, Joe, Joe work in the business over, is it in Bromsgrove you're based? So you're a Worcestershire. Kidderminster. Kidderminster. You're yeah. Kidderminster, sorry. Yeah, so you're a, is that classed as Worcestershire or is that Wire it, Forest? It is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Wire Forest, but it, it is Worcestershire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Gary. Thank you very much for joining me today. Great. Thank you for your time. Lovely to chat with you and we'll catch up again with you soon. We absolutely will. Thank you, Gary. Take care. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed our episode today. And if you're interested, we have our Emotional Intelligence Workshop coming up on the 3rd of June. More information can be found on our website at www.advanceyourwellbeing.co.uk. We'd love you to join us.